Praise the Lord. Good morning, family. Good morning, good morning. We're going to turn our attention to uh, the Word of God, but before we do so, I just want to just get, make one little small announcement. For the next eight weeks, the pastors and elders will be bringing a series to you called Life in the Kingdom. Life in the Kingdom for the next eight weeks. So clear your schedules, make sure you come, because God is going to speak through the leadership of this church. Amen? I have the, the awesome privilege this morning to actually kick off the eight-week series. And we're getting a little feedback here. Give me a second to get that together. Amen. But I pray that we would have your attention, that you'll come with your heart and your minds open, and we believe that God will speak a word through us. Amen. Or we may have a situation like there was a little boy who came to a preacher after he finished preaching his message. And the little boy came to the preacher and he said, you know what? When I get older, I'm going to give you a lot of money. And he said, oh, that's nice. He said, why you say that, young man? He said, because my father said you're the poorest preacher he ever heard. <laughs> Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. We're going to look into the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light for our path as we walk, Lord God, in this world. Father, I pray that right now that you would hide me in your gift. I pray that I de- as I decrease, Father, that your spirit will increase inside of me. And I pray, Lord, that in, in doing so, that you would be glorified, that you would speak your words through my mouth. And I pray that the devil would be horrified for the truth that will be declared. But I pray that your people will be edified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn our attention to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to read a parable that many of you have heard before of the Good Samaritan. My title today is Love in Action. Love in Action. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. When you got it, say got it. I hear some turnings. I know some are still getting there. Amen. But we have it on the screen nonetheless. Let's begin. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. 
He fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This parable, the Good Samaritan, is one of the most beloved gospel stories because it illustrates the love of Jesus as well as the love that God wants us to have for one another. As devoted followers of Christ, you and I have been given a command to love one another. It's not an option. It's a command from Jesus. Let's look at John 13, 34 through 35. I think that may be coming on the screen as well for you. John 13, 34 begins, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. He said, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In order to follow this command, you and I, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to have a clear understanding what real love is. If we're commanded to love, it's important for us to have a biblical understanding what love is. Now, the reason why I say that, because today in our world, we use that word very casually. I mean, we use it so much that in some, in some cases, it somewhat loses its meaning. For instance, we say words like, I love ice cream. That's not biblical love. We use words like, I love pizza. We use words like, girl, I love that dress. I love that song. We use it so much that it loses its emphasis. It loses its meaning. And we get confused by all the mixed messages of how the world displays love. When we listen to songs, when we listen, watch TV shows, those are not examples of love. 
Not biblical love. And so therefore, brothers and sisters, when we are called to love one another, if we don't understand what love is, we will miss the mark. Because Jesus commands us to love one another. In fact, when you think about biblical love, it's not an option. It's not equal to liking. In fact, biblical love, you can love things or people who you don't even like. Let's be real, folks. Do you like everybody? We have our holy Bible and our holy clothes on, and we don't want to admit that. But simply, there are people that we don't have an emotional connection with. But your family, you do. And I do pray that today that you love those that's in your family. But it's also good to like them too. Amen? We understand that there's people that have certain attitudes and certain behaviors and certain temperaments that makes it very difficult for us to like. Amen? If they're sitting next to you, don't say amen real loud. But biblical love, which we are to exemplify as believers of Christ, we are to love one another, and it can be applied whether or not if it's accompanied with feelings. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can still execute biblical love. That's why Jesus tells us in Luke 6, 27, to love your enemies. There's a reason they're your enemy. You don't have to like them, but God does call us to love them. So what is this love? What is this biblical love that God requires me to love somebody who I don't like, love somebody who I don't have an emotional connection with? That is very difficult. Biblical love is this. Biblical love is the decision to compassionately and righteously seek the well-being of another. Let me say it again so that I can soak in. Biblical love is the decision to compassionately and righteously seek the well-being of another. In the scripture that we just read in John 13, 35, he says, And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Why? Because you can love people compassionately and righteously and seek the well-being of another. Therefore, our willingness to follow Jesus' commands and love one another with biblical love shows that you and I are serious about our love for Christ. Because we're willing to forsake our feelings and give someone biblical love. See, if you truly love God, 
there be symptoms and evidence of biblical love in your life. It will show up. When you want to know how much someone loves Jesus, don't listen to everything they say. Watch how they love. Because the Bible says that God is what? Love. So therefore, when you and I are committed to following Jesus and we walk in submission to his word and, to his, and, and we love him, there should be scientific evidence of biblical love DNA in our lives. Are you with me? Are you agreeing with me so far? Biblical love is so important. It's different from the world's love. And that's why I'm always talking to our young girls in Christ. Be careful, young lady. The Bible says, guard your heart. Amen? Just because a young man say that he loves you, hold on a second. What kind of love is he talking about? Do he have any spiritual DNA of biblical love in his life? Do you see any forensic evidence that he has biblical love? If he doesn't, back up. Back up, it's important. You need to measure his actions. See if there's any symptoms of biblical love. My, my, my daughter is a senior in high school. Next year she'll be going to college. And, and as a father, I can't protect her all the time. So I got to make sure that I get some godly wisdom inside of her. Put the word in her heart that's going to protect her when daddy is not around. And so I told my daughter, I said, listen, don't give your heart to no young man. Make sure that he loves God, because if he don't have God in his heart, he can't love you. Amen. But then I told her this. And I want to share it with some of our young spiritual daughters here. Don't ever commit your heart to someone who sees you as an option. <laughs> Don't ever commit your heart to a young man or an older man <laughs> who sees you as an option. Meaning he got a Rolodex and he's not sure who he wants to see this weekend. He has other options. That's not God's plan for you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go there. I didn't mean to go there. That's another series. I could talk about that love for a while. Amen. Amen. A disciple, a follower of Christ will have symptoms and evidence of biblical love. And then Jesus says, by this, all people will know that you love me. Because you're doing something that I command, and you're doing something that only you can do with me being inside of your heart. See, if you don't have God in your heart, you can't love that way. Because as soon as somebody make you mad, or do something you don't like, you ain't trying to love them, get out my face. Talk to the hand. Amen? But God doesn't want us to treat one another that way. This biblical love, the effect and influence of it, 
well, demonstrates that we follow Jesus and it becomes a powerful witness for who Jesus is. You see that? Our love for one another becomes a witness to all people of who God is. Meaning, when the world looks at the church, when the world looks at us as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we're truly loving one another, they should be scratching their head and say, what is that? What, is, what, what makes them do what they do? I, 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 I can't do that. How are they able to do that? How are you able to smile at the job when you know your boss is talking behind your back? How could you say nice things about people who you know is talking about you? How can you do that? I just told you what he said. I just told you what she said, but you went to lunch with her. I don't understand it. Well, if they look long enough, they see that you have biblical love in your heart. Amen? Our willingness to follow God, to love one another, is a powerful witness to the world. Therefore, since we are God's children, like a loving father, it becomes his will and his highest priority to teach his children how to love. See, when we first come to Christ, we don't have enough word in our heart yet to know how to love somebody. So God got to teach us. That's why it's important for, for us to come and sit in God's word. That's why it's important for us to get in growth groups and fellowship with other believers who've been walking with the Lord a little longer. They will help sharpen you. They will demonstrate for you how to love. And you begin to grow and you begin to learn because your heavenly father wants you to represent him. Amen? Every family I know wants their kids to represent them well. Amen? And so does God. That's why God will send people into your lives who are difficult to love. Folks who are selfish, folks who are spoiled and don't know it. Folks who are special. <laughs> Lord have mercy, they special. But here's what we do as believers. We want God to get them out of our life. So we be praying again, Lord, get them out. Oh, Lord, I just, they just stressing me out. Lord, I just can't handle it. All oh, these people, Lord, just let me move, get me another job and blah, blah, blah. God is listening to that. Don't even waste your time doing those prayers, people. He ain't listening. He is not listening. He got bigger fish to fry. Amen? He is not listening because he's trying to teach you how to love. And he loves you so much that he don't leave you the way that you are. He's like, she got to get through this. You got to learn how to get through this, brother. My word is here for you. You're going to need to learn perseverance. You're going to have to learn patience. You're going to have to learn kindness. And he can only teach you that by taking you down the roads where you got to deal with difficult people. So my word for you, for those of you who are thinking about some of those difficult people in your life right now, start loving them. Start loving them. 
you'll get through the test much sooner if you start loving. Because if you fail it, God got to make a test that he's going to give you. You might as well learn what you need to learn now. Swallow your pride, get on your knees, ask God to give you the strength. He will do it. I remember times at work, I would have, not here, not, I've been working at church for a while, I don't want nobody to think I'm at the church. <laughs> I want to make that clarification. But there were times when I worked at other places, I would have to go into the bathroom. Lord Jesus, give me help. My boss is giving me, running me crazy. He disrespected me. And something inside of me want to speak up. But I got bills to pay. <laughs> amen? So sometimes you got to take that stuff, Amen? Didn't God take a lot of stuff? He will want you to take stuff. So I'll be in there praying. And I'll give me work. And I'll write scriptures on a three by five card. And I'll put them in my pocket because I'm at, at work and I have to put them on my desk. Because my boss will say something, i got to look at the scripture. <laughs> at least I wasn't looking at him crazy because I'm called to love him, right? So I'm looking at the paper. <laughs> Amen. Anyone can love the lovely or the lovable, but God wants us to to become mature believers and know how to walk in biblical love so he can use us in the ministry of reconciliation. See, we forget that God also demonstrated this love for us while we were sinners We were enemies of God. Do you understand that? We were sinners. We were separated from the love of God. We were enemies of God. But he sacrificed and loved us. And that's what he's calling us to do also. Amen. So as followers of Christ, when we learn how important love is to God, we will recognize that as we begin to love one another, we begin to demonstrate that we have the DNA of our spiritual father. It's the will of God for the church to be this unique place different from most groups and most people of the world. Because the vibrant power and love of God dwells in our heart. And it causes us to love one another. Now, that doesn't mean that we will become the best of friends. It's impossible for you to know everybody at the church. That's not the goal. The goal is is for us to be able to just genuinely love one another. So don't feel like you got to go invite a whole bunch of people to your house because you want to show love. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. It it reminds me of a a woman in the church. She, uh, She was hearing this message on love, and she got convicted. So she said, I'm going to invite a group of people over my house for dinner from the church. And so, following week, folk came over to our house uh, for church, and they were standing around the dinner table, and they were getting ready to pray. And 
The woman turned and she looked at her six-year-old daughter and she said, would you like to say the blessing? And the little girl replied, I don't know what to say. And the mom said, just say what you heard mommy say. <laughs> the little girl bowed her head down and she said, Lord, why on earth did we invite all these people to this house? <laughs> Our love needs to be genuine. Biblical love is the decision to compassionately and righteously seek the well-being of another. another. It's a commandment, not a request. And we see this in the life, or in the parable rather, of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan also demonstrated for us what biblical love looks like. You say, well, what is it? Biblical love, I have three things, three things I want to share real quick. Let me go back to the story. It says, the man was going down Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst these robbers. So here he was, he was beaten. He was naked, bleeding. And the Bible says a priest walked by, saw the condition the man was in, saw that he was robbed, looked around, and he just scooted on the other side of the road. He kept it moving. And then a Levite came some time after, and he saw the man himself. And the Levite did the same thing. He scooted over to the other side of the street. Now both of these two men, the priest and the Levite, were Jews. That was their fellow brother. That was someone of their race. You wouldn't have pity. You wouldn't have concern. But then Jesus tells the story of the Samaritan. Now, a Samaritan was the enemy of the Jews. Jews despised Samaritans. They hated Samaritans. And the Samaritans knew it. But this man comes across and sees another man who's a Jew, naked, beaten, who is needing some help. The first thing you see is that he had compassion for this man. He didn't walk on the other side of the street. He went over to him because he cared for him. He stopped and started bandaging up his wounds. The man was traveling. He had things to do. But when he saw another person in that place, in that need, he was willing to be inconvenienced so that he can care for someone who needed care. That's a symptom or evidence of biblical love. He could have just wrapped him up and said, man, you all right? We cool, bro? You know, I know we don't really get along, but I saw you like that, man. I just couldn't leave you like that. But he bandaged him up. And then the Bible says he poured oil and wine on him. That costs money. 
He was willing to give his resources to someone who, who despised him. The second thing that we see, the first was compassion. The first was compassion, the evidence of biblical love. The second thing we see, that he did what was right. He put the man on his donkey and carried him off to an end. This brother needs some shelter. He's half left for dead. We got to find out his identity. We got to find out that there's some people who know this brother. We got to restore him to good help. So he did what was right. Completely inconvenient, his plan and his schedule. I want to read to you 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. Just in case someone is not sure that this is an example of biblical love. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words in speech, but with actions and in truth. See, the world will want to love with words. I love you, man. I love you, dog. But then when you find yourself in a situation, those people that say, I love you, are not there. Maybe they meant well, but they were not willing to be inconvenienced when you were in need. God wants us to love one another where we have compassion and we will do what's right. That we will sacrifice, we will use our material possessions to be a blessing to other people. See, every blessing you have when you get blessed, it's not just for you. It's not just for you. When God blesses you with a nice job and you got a great salary, it's not all just for you. God has a purpose for that. Yes, you can bless your family and take care of needs and all that type of stuff. But leave a little to sow into God's people. Be sensitive to other people who have needs. Amen? Because that's what God calls us to. And needs are all around you. The opportunities are all around you. Real quick. For those you know, I, I serve in uh, different areas of outreach ministry and I'm out at uh, local schools in East Palo Alto and as I was working with these kids in the after school program and stuff like that I really got to know some of them and I started recognizing that some kids didn't have proper clothing they would wear the PE shorts and t-shirt every day to school and that just broke my heart and I didn't have all the resources and things of that nature to help them but I got two kids who got some clothes. And so something that I have been doing every year of my life, I, you know, first of all, let me just say this. When I was younger, when I grew up, I was just like that. I remember having, not having gym shoes to play on my basketball team. I had shoes with holes in them. 
I didn't care if people was laughing. I wanted to play. So when God brings you out of a situation like that, you can't help but have a heart to give to other people. So all my life, every year, at the end of the year, when people do spring clean, I go and start taking clothes out of the, I haven't worn this in a while. I don't need it. I haven't worn this in a while. I don't need it. And I just start bagging clothes and just giving them away to kids, giving them away to parents. I took very much, I took very uh, much care of those clothes because remember, I never had none. And so you learn to take care of clothes. I can wear a, a pair of pants and shirt now that's 10 years old and y'all wouldn't even know it. Because I learned to take care of it and value it. And I wanted to pass that stuff on to my kids. So I come in there at Christmas time. My daughter had a little pair of little Jordans. I said, baby, but you ain't warm. Let's be a blessing. She said, oh, daddy, please. But you know what? My kids gave their stuff away. They start putting the bag. I said, look, just go through your stuff. Pick a bag out. Put it by the door. I'm going to pick it up. I went to the school. Now, I didn't come to the school like Santa Claus. God wants you to do stuff like that in secret. You don't come in there and show everybody, look what I got. <laughs> humility, humility, humility. Amen. So I went over to the young people. I said, hey, I got something for you guys. After school, just meet me. Come over by my car where we go to a classroom. I grabbed the bags when they, when they were in class, went to a classroom nobody saw. They came in there. I gave them stuff. Don't open it. Don't take it out now. It's just between you and me. God loves you. And the beauty of it was I started seeing those kids come to school with those clothes on. They were happy. They were like brand new clothes to them. I wish that my kids could have seen their faces of how happy they were, how blessed they were. People of God, those of you who are sitting here, we are a blessed nation. God wants us to love people. Amen? And the last love that we see of biblical love in this story, we see sacrificial love. The man left two coins of silver and told him, this is for the brother that's in there. Now, it didn't say if the innkeeper was a Jew, but my mind works like this. I wonder if he was a Jew and he was saying, why are you doing this for somebody who hates you? Remember I said sometimes people say, what is going on? They scratch their head with this biblical love. What is making you do this for somebody who don't like you? And he left them two coins of silver. And he says, take care of him. And if, his, if the cough is more than that, when I come back through here, I got him. I'm going to take care of you. He gave that man, the innkeeper, the ministry of loving one another. When he left the coins, he left him responsible to do what? to love and to look out for somebody else. When you love, God uses that love to help others to love too. That man was moved into the ministry of love. Regardless of what his heart issue was, he now has given the ministry of loving one another. Amen? Church, this morning, let us exemplify 
biblical love. Let's love our brothers and sisters. Let's love one another with compassion. Let's love one another sacrificially. And let's love one another righteously. Amen.